question in the gospel reading is said of Corban. Does anyone know what a Corban is? I had to work hard to find out what it was. A Corban is a gift of goods to God done in the temple. And it became tradition early on in the church. And Jesus was speaking to the traditions that did not necessarily fit within the will and the law of God. For they found that as, in fact, a person who is having concerns about their wealth and their continuance of wealth, found that a Corbin was a good way to make a statement about a gift to God in the temple. And it freed him up from any further obligations of mother and father. And Jesus is talking about the fact that because you've brought in a new tradition, the Corbin, which accepts animals and field grain and goods as an offering in the temple, that this somehow releases your obligation to care for your father and mother. And in point of fact, the tradition was set up so that in fact, they no longer have the obligation to care, feed, house the mother or father. So it really was, in fact, acting in opposition to the law of the Ten Commandments and of the laws that the church held highly. It was avoidance of paying and supporting the weak and the healthy. They found in traditions that they were able to cover some ways of doing things so that they could maintain their own selfish behavior and enjoy and reap their wealth publicly. So Jesus is saying, well, I'm sorry, that's a good plan, but it voids you of the law that was given to you by Moses. Obviously, this would be a bone of huge contention because now the Pharisees and scribes are being called out in front of their peers because they are unfaithful in the fact of their wealth and prosperity, that their need for holding on to those things for themselves was more important than seeing to the well-being of mother and father. I find it interesting that on this Sunday we're discussing the law and tradition. It's interesting how publicly, recently, we've had law and tradition brought forward to our own understanding of our country and perhaps moreover the world. That while we in fact understand and have, quote, the law, tradition 
sometimes gives us a way of freeing ourselves from the law. And the sad part is that this is not necessary because the tradition has now suddenly become more important than the law. We're faced with very difficult times and very difficult problems for the diversity of people, for the kindness and the hospitality of individuals with one another. We are so into maintaining, quote, our visions, which don't necessarily match other people's visions. And we establish it as our traditions, not necessarily the will and law of God. I'm struggling quite often because I don't quite get it. So much of what I've known and learned over the course of my education, my work as a priest and as a chaplain, I always thought that somehow the ability of God's love would permeate and allow others to see the depth and the power of God's presence through their son through his son Jesus Christ here in our midst. And yet I'm finding that some people are actually using, quote, the church law as a justification to change the law and the tradition. So I have a conundrum, and I'm sorry, I wish I could be clear enough to tell you what is the best way for you to go. However, we're left to ourselves. We're left to our own understanding of faith and life and the love of God. One would hope that somehow that would keep our minds expansive and extending to issues that face all of us daily. That we raise those issues in such a way that we're not shutting off dialogue or cutting out communication but rather encouraging both in a world fought with fear, anger, and violence. We need to be strong in our faith and our Christian belief that we need to respect the right of every individual. And that, to me, has often been a challenge because I think sometimes I could sort those who didn't quite cut it from those who did. And yet it's my understandings, not my faith. It's my interpretations, not my faith in God present. We need to give up the selfishness, the internal self that corrupts ourselves from one another and separates us from the love of God. There could be no other time like the present to begin to understand that our faith forces us in a position of humility, openness, and peace and love. Without those, we are in fact, to me, violating our faith and our commitment to see that others are nurtured, cared for, given the sense of peace and hope 
was a mason, and the masons did a very powerful ceremony in honor of his life as a mason. And one of his Masonic brothers came up to me afterward and said, I'm going to really miss your dad. You know, he went out and got people to join the Masonic Order. And basically, it was a Tuscarora tribe that he did outreach to in this town. The Native Americans became very active and involved as Masons, even though some of that conflicting with their own history and law and love. And yet, he opened the doors to a population that I had no idea he had done. It was at that time when I was going through my crisis in seminary and saying, I'm not sure I poor sort of love and hate my father at the same time. And all of a sudden, I was shocked because I said the words love and hate at the same time. And he said, what a wonderful, the counselor, he had these great comments, oh, what a wonderful observation. I said, I just realized what I said. And he said, it's about time you said it more often, because it's okay. Because, in fact, the depth of your relationship with your father is both concern and contempt at times. But it's passing through and understanding the nature that you still honor your father. To me, this is the lesson that we need to learn, all of us. That we can have separation, we can have feelings of distance from one another at times. But when that distance speaks more to our own lack faith than the understanding of faith which causes us to love one another. We have gone too far. I pray daily now that I might be able to understand the intolerable differences and violence that we're having happen to us. And how do we address those in such a way that we become people of peace and love? Desmond Tutu said something about gratitude. And he said, you know, one of the things that can change our lives and allow us to enter joy is to give thanks for all of those people in our lives that have given us so much that in fact contributed to us making good decisions and helping others and caring for the world and being a part of a community. There is probably no more powerful statement than what Desmond Tutu offers us to be peacekeepers and lovers of others, to strengthen our faith in such a way that even when we're shook to the core, we can come through with a sense of thank you, God, for you are with me. 